Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash edtalks and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Audible content includes an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, and more from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, and entertainers. So download a free trial today and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash edtalks. Walking in the shoes of a young girl living in confusion Constantly being influenced by the images of promiscuous women on reality shows Yet her reality shows no difference And so she wears the makeup And with a body like hers, how could she not attempt to squeeze herself into that tight, tight dress Allowing temptation to become her tool in order to gain the attention she so longed for Jumping from boyfriend to boyfriend Giving up a piece of herself every time like it matters anyways Cause nowadays it's I can do bad all by myself They're all dogs anyways Falling victim to our judgmental society Call her what you want cause she's heard it all She even noticed when you told your boyfriend to stay away from that girl And I better not catch you talking to her either Or it's over Like they matter anyways And she's never been a stranger to the looks of disgust from those who wish that she can truly feel how they feel about her But if only they knew if only they knew the struggle of never having a father to teach her that her body is a temple and should be respected. You know the saying the father's a daughter's first love, never experiencing true love made her an easy target for the playboys who would toss up that three word phrase, I, girl you know I love you. Falling victim from their lies since he didn't hear it at home. How's it going, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Unlimited Power Show. My name is Edward Giles, and you're tuning in to another holistic conversation. And the word holistic stands out to me because I have a mission in life, which is to empower and motivate and uplift people to take care of their mind, body, nutrition, and their spirituality. And today I have a man who has about the same mission, which is impacting and empowering his community to look at all the different areas of their lives rather than just one i would like to introduce you to the one and only her note michelle thank you for coming on the show brother it's a pleasure actually it's an honor man when you reached out to me i was at first i didn't know who yeah. you were yeah. but coming to see like the different people you're working with in the community i got to know of you we sat down i'm like man let's get it going because yeah. our like you said our missions our vision is very similar yeah even though we're going about doing it different ways, but right. very similar. Yeah, most definitely. It's like, how do I bring guests to the Unlimited Power Show? I always like want to showcase to you different people in a different passion, yeah. or and then kind of like tell you their story rather than because sometimes you see what you see up front has more to it. You yeah. know, there's the building blocks of your character. Yeah. 
You know, speaking of that, why don't you tell us a little um, self-introduction? One thing I say is never introduce anyone, <laughs> right? So we allow you to, you know, tell the audience a quick little introduction about where you came from, who you are, and what you do now. I came from, I was not born here. I was born in, originally in Haiti. Um, I came here when I was eight years old. Um, and I remember middle school going through different transitions in life um, in my household, trying to find myself identity. So I started getting lost. Um, then in high school, making a transition into high school, like I completely became someone totally different looking back now. So I had to turn to something that was bigger than myself. So I believe at that time, God found me. So 12th grade year before graduating, I had an encounter with Christ, um, picked up the Bible, and then from that day, never turned back. And my life has been so impacted by that one decision. That's when the decision was made, okay. Um, I, the, the mission was placed in my heart to start a nonprofit organization to teach young men and women how to live a well-balanced life. By, by teaching on health, finance, um, connections, social connections, relationship, and connecting with God and finding your true purpose of why you were created. So I wanted to go back a little bit. You know, I came from Haiti to the United States, and there are people watching this all over the world, probably going to come from Turks and Caicos, from yeah. Bahamas or from Jamaica, coming to the U.S., and they have to make that transition. Like, what did you find was, like, very useful in helping you making the transition, or what did you find not useful, uh, the negative and positive experiences of transitioning from a different country to the United States? Well, being last I came here at eight years old, yeah, I was not making decisions for myself. Oh. I was all being young. I was a shy, timid. I stayed to myself. Right. Um. So that that actually helped me learn the culture and the language much faster because a lot of people wouldn't know that because I think I was in ESOL for only one year. Um. So by not by by the next week I, I was out of ESOL because I would not really talk much. So I would just watch and I would pick up the language. Right. So um, that's why till this day I learned best by osmosis. So like I will sit back, I will pick up. So um, what helped me in looking back, I probably, I was not purposely doing it, but instead of going straight in, I would just be more back, I would be more in the back, right. but studying, studying, studying the language, right. studying the dress code, like um, protocols and things like that. And as time goes on, I was able to apply those protocols and, of course, being my own. Do you think you studied the right things? Because you could study the wrong people or you could study the wrong things. So how, what, was, what was the studying like? What was the end result of your studying? When, when I was studying or watching um, whether people were like the protocols of the environments and things like that, when it would go against what I believe, I will all, it was always something that would, I, I would be like, okay, yo, this is wrong. Like, or, okay, I'm not going to go that route. I can say for one example from, like, um, from middle school, like, smoking. Like, that was something, like, I stayed away from. Like, even though it was in my face. Like, the moment I got here, smoking, drugs, and all, it was in my face, but the values and morals that my parents had already instilled in me is like, okay, you know what? I see this, but I don't want, I'm not going that route. Did you, did you ever, you know, if you were, if you were so it's like how they call Liglis. Yeah. Did you stick to those? Um, you had no choice. Like, especially from the age of eight. Like, I said from the age of eight years old to like I eight to like, eighteen. No, for me it was like from eight to fourteen, or twelve. 
that when, when he came to the U.S., like my dad, he worked so hard, so he would never go to church, but he would drop us off to uh, my mom and my sisters and brothers to church, but he would have to work. So m me, my mom, and sisters and brothers, we would be in church, but he wouldn't be there. So yes, from the age of eight to like I said about 12, we was in church, um, but because my mom was not working. Right, right. But um, as time go on and then my parents went through a divorce, like my mom now was working, my dad was working, so it's like you're on your own. Um, so that's, how, that's the whole part where now I was raising myself. Right. So the choice to go to church, even though my parents would want me to go to church, it was like my choice. Um, and my sisters and brothers, they're much older than me, so they were already working. So sometimes they'll work Sunday, so it's like, okay, like I had the choice to do what I wanted to do. What are some of the values that Haitians, you know, like the Haitian family, I feel like all they say that all the Haitian families have all the same values. What are some, just name them really quickly, what are some of your, the top things oh, you heard for your family? No, I, I can't say all the Haitians have the same. <laughs> I can't say it because I, I haven't been around all the yeah. Haitians, but I know, and to this day, I, st I stick with it, um, loyalty. Like, yeah, you have loyalty, and that's why you see, like, it could be mistaken as pride or something like that, but like you don't see, well, it's my family, like, we don't mix in with too many people. Because like when you're with somebody, it's like, yo, you have my loyalty, like you have my word. Like if I'm with you, like we may fight, we may argue, but you have my trust and loyalty and things. Yeah. Um, honesty is another thing. And that kind of deal with um, loyalty. Like we're honest with each other, um, hardworking. Um, that, I, I think God, like... That's their red and... If you bleed red and blue, then you have to be a hard worker. Hard working. The only difference, I can say, with me and this new generation of Haitians, um, we're taking hard working in a different way. Because my mom and dad and my uncles and family, they were hard working with their backs. Um, and that's why it was different when I started in business my dad's like, yo, you're wasting time. I'm like, what do you mean I'm wasting time? Because he see me on a computer all day. He's like, you're not doing nothing. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm working. Because I was editing pictures, videos, and I was doing marketing. He's like, yo, all you do is stay on this computer, go get a job. Yeah, you need, oh, okay, yeah. So them hard working is breaking their backs and like labor, hard labor. You can't, you can't blame them because hard working is, it was that, now it's that we have that white collar. Yes. Me hardworking now is like, um, like I'm on the computer, I'm setting up meetings, I'm making connections. So I'm, well, my dad, he worked 24 hours. I'm not going to say I probably work longer hours than him, but I do it in a way where it's like, it seems like I'm doing nothing. Because all he knows hardworking is, is physical labor. Physical labor. So me hardworking is making sure like um, marketing and, and like the internet, um, people relation, PR, PR yeah. and things like that. So. I've taken his ethics, like his, his way I've okay, seen him work, to this field now. So I make sure I'm on my P's and Q's and, yeah. In that aspect, you know, one thing you said is that your parents tell you to get a job, you know. Mm -hmm. I always want to make sure that somebody can, like, you know, parents oftentimes don't see your dream mm -hmm. as like, oh, you're actually going to make this happen. Have you ever yeah. had really self-doubt from your, I mean, not self-doubt, but doubt from your parents? on what you're chasing because it was not hard labor, it was not a regular job. How did you see past that and still do what you're doing? I hear that a lot. Being blessed, like, 
my father not being there it was a it was a pro it was pros to it and cons like he was always working so he didn't really know what was going on with me but when he would see what's on he'll think he'll be thinking like you know man you're not doing nothing or like get a job but my mom and i thank god for my mom and um this being the month of mother's day where we're may um she she's always been supportive like no matter what i put my hands on is like she may not see it but she's a type like i don't see it and she's gonna remind me hey make sure like because you remember one day you're gonna want to start a family you're gonna need to pay your own bill i'm not gonna be here forever yo make sure you gotta do what you do but she would never tell me like yo what you're doing is like pointless or like you're wasting your time she'll be the one to like encourage me but one thing i've learned early if you face that you always got to update like i would show her the things i'm doing like even if meetings i'm like hey mom look i met with four people this week or like mom look there's the next step in the dream so i'm updating her on the dream so i don't just leave it blank to the point like oh what are you doing you're doing nothing you know? uh-huh. i'm giving her a follow-up because and i didn't do that because at first i didn't start doing that because of um i wanted to like not like to get her off me it was because she didn't bother me i feel like i owe it to her to be like you're not stressing me out hey so you don't so i don't put no worry on you here's what i'm doing so it could be a sign of she could have relief like oh i know he's doing something something at least he's saying she you know i I had that same conversation i had that conversation with my mother a lot you know the same thing she's very supportive she was like you know i would show her like the shows and different videos but she was like i know you're showing me you're speaking you're doing shows but are you making money where the money at she's like where's the money from it that's the thing like i tell my mom this every day it's not money because i'll show her I'm meeting with seven-figure earners, eight-figure earners, nine-figure figure earners. And she's like, okay, they have so much money where I don't see you getting the money. Yeah. But I'm like, sometimes you can't just see the money. Mm-hmm. I've made, I've worked with certain people, they didn't give me a dime, but a connection I made from them have taken me to the next level. Whether it's just a simple book they refer to me, whether it's the next person in the, in the journey they introduced me to, but them, it's like the money, the money, the money. The money. Like, if you're not showing me the money, you ain't showing me nothing. Um, and I understand that because, like, they don't want to leave this earth feeling like, man, like, who's going to take care of it? Because some of them, like, I've been blessed enough. Um, my parents have provided for me uh, a roof over my head um, for the majority of the time, even though I was making money, but they wanted me to build enough before like me going out on my own. So it's like, they want you to be stable. Yeah, they want, they want to make sure that you can succeed. Mm-hmm. But I, I was talking to somebody, and I'm not going to mention who, but he's trying to go off to college. But, you know, like, it's like, I don't think you're ready to go off yet. Or like, I don't think you could handle the pressures. You know, sometimes your parents try and protect you yeah. from, from, you yeah. know, the possibilities of life. What do you think about that? Do you think that when you're like 17, 18, you should be given the free range to make your choice and explore the world, especially if you've been like I look or like this your whole life. Now, what do you think? How do someone actually make that decision based on the values of God, based on all the things you know? A lot of times you'll see a lot of kids want to go away for college because they want that freedom their parents never gave them. So me, I already had that freedom. So I made that decision. Is like, what is the best for me? Not like a selfish decision where it's like, 
okay, this is the first time I'm gonna be free from my parents' control. And I see that in the community a lot, especially the Haitian community. The kids make the decision to go off to college for freedom, not for like to go to like, you know. Like, like what is your purpose mm -hmm. for going there? What yeah. career do you want? Yeah. Is this the best route? Do you want to spend yeah. that? Is the debt mm -hmm. worth it? So, so they just go, so me, I made a decision because I had enough information and enough ex experience to be like, I'm not gonna go off to college. Um, and I was not pressured to go off to college because I wanted freedom, like I said, because my parents, and it's not by choice, because they were both busy working, but um, I was already free. I was already, wherever I wanted to go, I was able to go. Um, so I was able to make that decision, like what would be best? Yeah, overall, not just, oh, I want freedom, let me go off somewhere. So I would say to make that decision, not, oh, you want freedom. Um, and and it's done, it's been, it's so, it was so beneficial for me to stay home because I didn't have to pay for, like, um, to stay on campus. I didn't have to worry about getting a job um, to pay for, like, my food and things like that. Meal plans. Mm -hmm. Meal plans. You have to get a meal plan. You have all yeah. these. So yeah. it was so much beneficial because that, those money that, those extra money I had, it allowed me to start small businesses and getting my feet wet in different areas, pay for certain conferences and, um, and things like that. that really helped you out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us about a time where you wasn't so well at making those good decisions. You know, I spoke to you before, and you told me something that, that was really empowering, and I feel like a lot of people needed to, to hear it. You know, so tell me about a time where you made some of decisions that were not so positive, maybe negative, and how, what was the learning experience from that? Um, I can say the time, 12th grade year. 12th grade year when... Um, you know, like I said, coming from Haiti, not really being known, and you know, kids um, pick on you and things like that. So making a transition from middle school to high school, like, I went from the nerdy kid to the popular kid. Because, you know, I was into the fashion, yeah. playing sports and all that. So started getting attention. So the attention, and not just in my school, in different schools, because now we're in the age of social media. So if you're known here, people start following you, making your head big. So... Um, I was not doing the things that the people around me were doing, but I just started being around so much people to the point that the things that, so I can say the decision I was making of the people I was being with, like I was hanging out with, um, they were doing things illegally, um, illegally, but the things they were doing it began to fall on me when investigations, police started to investigate. It was like, okay, because I look almost like the ringleader, it was like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe he, he, he got something to do with what's going on. Um, but because I was making the wrong decision of who to hang out with. And I know in the history, they always tell you, be careful with friends you have, be careful with friends you have. But it's like, you know, Especially me, I'm like, I'm not doing what they're doing. Like, if we're going out to parties, I'm just enjoying myself. But that year, it really started not only by the law, but, you know, guilty by association. The people that, like, they had problems with, they started attacking me now because, like, yo, like, you were them. And, like, at that time, um, 12th grade year, it being my parents' business doing good, so my dad always giving me money. That's how he made up for not being there. You know, anything I need, 
here. Mom, anything I need here. So it's more like now it's like, okay, you're young, you have all this money. And at that time, I was not the person I am today. I'm, I had a mouthful of golds. Um, and I said, I always try to have different shoes on. I had a car. I, at that time, a nice car for the time. And being 17, 18 years old. So, so it's like, yo, you're doing something. Yeah. Like, so I, I started getting in trouble to the point, like, um, when it comes to the law, I could have faced almost, like, 20 years. Like, um, when it comes to the law, and, like, people coming after me, when it comes to my life, I had threats on my life, threats on my family's life. Um, so I can say that those, that was the decision of who I was, who I hanged with. Right. Um, that was some, like, one of the biggest, and that's why this day, like, that is something that I don't play about. Like, I don't associate myself. Like, sometimes I take it to the point before I, like I say, I get invited certain places. I don't just go. Like, I would have to know. Sometimes if it's, depending on the event, I want to know the guest list. Like, it gives, that, with me, that's how I live my life nowadays. And let's say you show up and it's not what you expected. Um, it's just, uh, I come, show my face, and I leave. I show my face and I leave. Like, it's a lot of times, like, um, and I've learned that from a lot of mentors. Because a lot of times you want to support people, but the things that they're doing, it don't align with you. So it kind of conflicts. And with that principle of protocol, so now just, like, I don't want to make them feel bad. And people think, like, you're sadiddy, you're better than them. That's why you don't come. No. Like, I'm not better than no one. I'm not better. Dust we came and dust we shall return. So what I'll do... I'll show up, I'll do what I can, but I won't linger, I won't stay too long. So God forbid something pop up or something, like, you know, I won't be associated with. with, with yeah. yeah. So from that experience, you really learn, yes. you really learn that. That's a, and I think that's a good good thing too. Yeah, because imagine almost, like you could have you could have went to jail for like 25 years, 20 years, your family could have been killed for things you were not doing. So like, if you don't learn nothing from that, like, I don't know what to tell you. So, so what's your message to the youth? Um, on based on that, um, of course, be careful. Like, you have to know who you who who you're with, who you're around, especially your your intimate like circle, like that circle that's around. You have to know, like it's life and death. I'm not saying like you be a um, CSI Miami and research people, but you have to know. And every environment give birth to things. Every environment has things. Like whenever you need, you're looking for something. There's a certain environment to get it. So know the environment you're you're going into, and know the people that's gonna be in the environment. That's that one thing I'll say. That's that's powerful. I think a lot of youth needs to listen to what he's saying and actually really think about your circle. They say that if you have nine of your friends are broke, you're the tenth broke one. You yeah. know, if you have nine yeah. friends with broken yeah. spirits, uh, with uh, broken intentions, wanting to hurt or whatever it is, you kind of uh, become a victim of that. So, Mr. Noon, we've been talking a lot about your personal life, some of the experiences of your youth. And, you know, I want to know more about your organization. What is your organization about? What's the mission for your organization? Like I stated earlier, the mission of the organization is to teach young men and women how to live a well-balanced life. And the way we do that is by educating them on finance, so anything in finance, stocks, real estate, like from like balancing a checkbook, interest rate, APR, anything that has to do with finance, we'll educate them on that. 
um, health, um, hostilic health, um, natural ways of healing and things like that. Um, then also relationship, the area of relationship, not just romantic relationships, but relationships on friendships, right. um, business relationships. On there is something, teach them that there is something greater than yourself, which is God. Um, so we'll teach them the relationship. How do you connect with God? Um, where are the steps um, to getting closer to God, of living a life in communion with God? So those are the four brackets. We believe that once you're educated and you're applying those um, things in your life, you become a well-balanced individual. Yep. And, yeah. It, now I was about to say, it's not easy, but we, we, our goal is to teach that so we can have well-balanced individuals. And education should be a continual thing. Yes. Personal yes. development. So tell us about that. You know, an aspect of the show is how do you grow, right? So let's talk about how have you been able to develop yourself to the point where you can be meeting these six-figure, seven-figure, eight-figure winners, to the point where you can be negotiating uh, different um, contracts with, with different organizations and getting grants and stuff like that. What was the process of you? growing so that you could go to that um like i said when i gave my life to god 12th grade year it was a total total transition yeah. like i left that and it was not by my own will well it is it was by my own will but it was not by my own strength because some of the things i started getting into at the age of 19 20 and some of the people i started meeting like from my background coming from haiti is like you don't meet those people so I felt like when I made that decision to like change my life around and give my life to God, it's like God started play. He said I was ready, cause if I met those people when I was going to the club and I had, like I had the mouthful of go, I could have probably used those resources and connections to do other things. But thank God, like those people started coming into my life then, and not only like I said, it's not always money someone can offer you. Like, I always tell someone that the best thing you can do is not give me money, but it's to give me a word of wisdom that could take me to the next level. Because I know everyone heard, like, you know, teach a man to fish, yeah. he'll have food for a lifetime. But if I just give you the fish, then I'll always be needing you. So um, I think God strategically placed people in, and that's how now I have the organization to teach young men and women how to live a well-balanced life. Because strategically, in a five-year span, I would be, God would connect me with different people. Like, different people, whether, okay, they're in different areas of finance, different areas of health, different areas when it comes to, like, connecting with God and finding your purpose, um, relationships, um, whether you're counselors or whatever. It will strategically be done, and I'll be learning under them, and at the same time, I'll be reading books, um, different books, seminars. Um, one of the first, most impactful book, I, it's one of one of the first of its kind, I know a lot of people know about Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. Um, from, mm -hmm. Use it, but they say, they say it's the Bible of personal development. Yes, um, because, but believe it, the principle Think and Grow Rich it's comes from much, the Bible. It is, it is pretty much. Yeah, it comes from the Bible. It don't contradict, it, 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 it's direct. It, it directly comes from the Bible. It's like, but it just took a principle from the Bible and just, yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that. You, when I mentioned to you personal development, you mentioned God in the Bible. So you believe, and I, I do believe this, that the Bible itself and God's way is a great way to mold your character and build these characteristics. Of, of course. Um, my moral, 
a lot of times when I, when I first gave my life to God, like, and I know a lot of people put, because it was a transition. Like, when I told you my family before, like, the 14, and my family was going to church, we were going to a Catholic church. Because um, my family, typically from Haiti, most people are Catholic. Um, but when I had that transition in 12th grade, um, it was not the Catholic church I went to. Because remember, I stopped going from, like, the age of 14 to, like, 18. But when I went, when God found me, he led me to the Christian church. Like, not Catholic, but the, the church I'm at is a non-denomination. So um, it's not Baptist. It's not, um, um, uh, it's not those. It's, 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 it's just a non-denomination yeah. church. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a um, Christian church. So I saw a church from a two different yeah, it was so like wow, like I like I was actually I'm learning, like I'm learning and not only I'm learning on the principles. One of the most in things that blew my mind was understanding that there's two sides when it comes to the gospel. There's the relationship and there's the principles. And a lot of times uh, a lot of people is that's in church only focus on the relationship, like Oh, like get like being with Christ, and then, praying, but singing. they're praying, they're they're worshiping, but they, but they never apply the principles. So that's a lot of times you'll find the people that's in church or the most religious people. They're broke. They're not happy. Why? Because they're they're praying every day. They're 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 in the relationship part, but they forget all about the principles that Christ has laid out. Got to read your word and. So you have to live the gospel fully. You have to have the relationship with Christ, and then you also have to apply the principles he gave. Now, whatever you do, whatever you apply is what you'll get. For example, you'll see a lot of men who are successful, um, whether in relationship, where, whatever area, but they don't, they don't even believe in God. Why? Because they're applying the principles. And then you see the people who believe in God, they're, they're in a relationship, but they're not successful in life because they, they forget about the principles. So that, you see, there goes back a well-balanced life. Like you can't just focus on one, one side. And that's why we have so much like with the gospel, it's a few people that's living out the gospel. Like I could say it goes down to 1%. Like you can search many churches. I could say it's only 1% of people that's really living according to how God planned. That's the rhetoric of the world. With every component, it's always just a 1%. 1%. It's like 1% waking up early. There's 1%, 1% really following through. It's, it's a 1%, 1%. We live in a 1% world 1%. and 90% lost. Yes. Wow. Yes. That's, that's a deep. So, I was not a typical reader. Like, I, I would not be the one to pick up a, a book. That, that was before, like, I, no. But I knew I had to change habits. But it was like, okay, I'm not like everyone else. How can I? So I noticed that I like audios. I went back to kindergarten and first grade where they would give us the book but have the audio playing at the same time. So I realized that's the that was the way I was with the Bible because, you know, the Bible app will play it for you yeah, and things like that. Amazing. Yeah. And with the books, nowadays you don't even have to read the book. Most of the books, the knowledge I have in my head, I didn't, I didn't even buy the book, read the book. I just go on YouTube, book review. Give me the main points, the most important details. Through, through an eight-minute video, I, I get a, a summary of the book. Boom. And I pick up some of those principles. I take them, and I go. Some books, 
especially if it's real good when I read the, um, listen to the reviews, I pick it up myself to get more into detail of what they were saying. So yeah, definitely books, books and mentors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mentors, mentors is yeah. I mean, what do you have any mentors now? I will forever, like from until I'm in in the grave, I will have mentors. My biggest mentor, um, like physically living, um, has been my pastor. Uh, my pastor, um, Gregory Toussaint. Um, he's been, he's made tremendous impact in my life. Um, made a tremendous, like tremendous, tremendous impact. And then after that, I have like different mentors. Like I have a list. I don't want to leave nobody yeah. out. Uh, that's how I'm not. But, yeah, I have a list in different areas. Different. Right so you'd say you should definitely have mentors from yes. all different areas yes. of your life. Take that. Yes. Take that piece of nugget and keep it with yes. you. Yeah. Sure. Uh, that's that's powerful. You know, speaking of principles, one question I always ask is, what is your morning routine looking like? Um, I get up latest when I'm doing projects. When I'm in the midst of project like the Hear My Cry project, which you guys will hear about later. I was getting up 2, 3 a.m. in the morning. But when I'm not doing projects or planning for an event, my typical time of waking up is 5 a.m. Um, now, because I don't want to make it, because everybody hear that a lot, I don't want to give myself credit. Why I want to say I don't want to give myself credit? Because my, my job from Haiti. And in Haiti, we wake up early because our parents want us to study a little bit of what we learned the previous day. Plus, you got to take a shower. You know, you have to boil the water because it's not like here, especially back then where you just turn on the... Yeah, it's yeah. not like that. We have to wake up around like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. to boil the water. Typically, those are the things you do. But, um, yeah, so 5 a.m., spend time with God. Um, then I will read. I, I read the word for at least 30... Try to read for 30 minutes or listen to the audio. Then a book, typically a book that I'm reading at that time. Um, read it for another 30 minutes. Then now, on good days, if I'm not being rushed after that, um, 7 a.m., I, tr- I will want to get a workout in um, at least 15 to 30 minutes. That do not happen every day. I'm, I'm in a season, actually, now I'm focusing more of, like, yo, like, make sure that happens. Um, and our generation needs to take care of that right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. So I would do that. But when I don't do that, because it's not, the mental health thing is very important. When I don't do that, I'll just go to the beach. Like, sometimes I wake up, like, I go to the beach. And then, or not even the beach, there's a, like, there's a, I have a, a specific spa. Only, like, a few people know about it. Now, I won't, I won't tell it. Target you, boy. I, I go there, and it's so peaceful. I look at the waters. Yeah. I look at the waters, and I sit in this grass, and, man, people are, because this is around, like, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning. Okay, so, you know, as we're about to conclude, I want you to talk about what led to the Hear My Cry movement. A lot of times, you know, we're crying inside. We know a lot of people are in quiet desperation. I say that inspiration is loud. You know, this is very loud. When I want to inspire you, I want to push you, I want to motivate you to be the best, it's very loud. But when I'm in quiet desperation, you don't hear about it. When we're in quiet desperation, what was the time when you was in your quiet desperation and now you are a loud inspiration through the Hear My Cry movement? Looking back, I was like, wow, um, everything I was doing was because I had a cry inside, but no one would see it. No one would see it. And it's like, I look back at that time, I was messing around with so much girls. Like, 
Um, so I, a lot of girls. And the people who know me know what was going on. Some people watching right now saying, yeah, man, good job. <laughs> people are like, nah, yo, high five. <laughs> good job. Uh, nah, like, you know, it was, it was a messy time, but then it traced back to the divorce my parents was going through. From 14 years old, remember, 14 years old, they're going through their divorce. So, mind you, from 14 to 18, that's when I was on my own. So, that, that's, they started, they're going through a divorce, but I don't know the impact it was making on, having on me. I just thought I'm going through life. So, I was playing basketball. Uh, I was not the greatest, but I can do some things on the yeah, court. To the point, ninth grade, I was on varsity. From ninth grade to 11th grade, when I stopped, I was on varsity. Um, so basketball was the way of dealing with it at that moment. But as I got older and older, 17, 18, messing around with all type of women, going to all different type of clubs, that void that was inside of me, bas basketball was not enough. Um, and I come to... It's after, now, 2014, because I got saved in 2012, two years later, God took me back to the motherland, Haiti, and all this was explained to me. And I, like, what I was going through, the reason why I was doing them. What are, just give us a quick little overview of the reasons you think he was doing them. Um, I was hurt. I seen, seen the abuse my mom was going through. Then the divorce, the, argue, the constant arguments. Um, and then I tell you, um, before then, I was picked on in school, bullied, and I was hurt. My brother, my older brother, in and out of jail. Yeah. In and out of jail, coming like the police banging on our door, coming to get my older brother, because my older brother was always had conflict with the law. Um, like those things was weighing on me. And in 2014, I came to realize, wow, the things I was doing when before I, I, I gave my life to Christ. It was like, it was covering up that hurt. All those girls I was sleeping with or doing the things I was doing, it was, it was to cover that. Yeah. Cover, yeah, because like I tell you, for basketball was no longer enough. Then it came to women. You might never know, God forbid, it could have been a point where I could have turned to, to drugs. And God forbid, I never, God took me before that, but um, you might never know. Because remember, like, the void just keep getting bigger and bigger. So 2014, realized that, and I was like, wow. I had a cry that no one was seeing. So then I was inspired. Um, coming back from the trip from Haiti, every morning, I would, like, something would just wake me up. Like 2, 3 a.m. in the morning, I would, and I would just write what was coming to my mind, which gave birth to the hear my cry spoken word. And then from there at that time, like I told you, I had a little, I had a um, production business going on. So I put, I wanted to put a visual behind it. So just kept waiting on God like to lead me of who to use. So the piece was ready. Then but I, was, I was like, I'm not going to put my face for this movement because I don't want people to think it's about me. So God led me to find someone who already was into spoken word, had him narrate it. Then I did the production, had a good friend who did uh, editing. He edited the, vi the video. 2017, we released the Hear My Cry project. And the Hear My Cry, well, it, was, it started as a Hear My Cry project. Yeah. But my spiritual father, um, Pastor Gregory Toussaint, uh, I remember having a meeting with him. He was like, man, um, this is not just a project. This is a movement. And then from there, I was like, he didn't even, like, to this day, I didn't tell him, like, that was from God. And I was like, wow, this is a movement. So from first presenting it at a youth group that I was in, then from different schools, schools, organizations, organizations, 
and then just started carrying around. Um, and the movement is basically to hear my chiropractor is like, before judging anyone, take the time to get to know them. It's simple as that. Hear my cry. Because you do not know what, you do not know someone until you get to know what's in their hearts. That's why I say, hear my cry. And a lot of times we behave a certain way, we act a certain way, we do certain things because of what we've been through or what we're going through. And at the time, we have no recognition of it. It's people outside that got to realize, man, this young man have a cry. This young man, he, this young lady, she or he's doing this because, like, let me find out what's behind it. And like I said, sometimes the person themselves don't know. Yeah. But it's you who's outside. If you get to listen to their story or see what's going on in their life, you could be like, man, this young man's doing all this, man. He, he just don't have a mentor in his life. He don't have a big brother. Like, my big brother was not there in my life. Like, my dad, he was always working. So, like, I was being raised by friends and TV. So, or, like, that young lady, she's behaving that way because she don't have a father figure. Or, like, she's long for attention. Or no one give her, like, you know, the time of day. So, if we go from that perspective from what is wrong with you to what happened to you, I really believe we can make a lot of impact. And I and, and changing was happening. And I remember in 2014, it was not like a lot of mass shootings that was happening like that. It was a few. But I remember one thing God spoke to me is like, man, you're going to see mass shootings start to increase because a lot of people have cries that no one is listening to. They're just being categorized as delinquent, whatever, this, this, that. Or ignored, just ignored. Or ignored. And their way of crying out is by doing something like that. Yes, like I said, yes, a lot of cases is mental health. But a lot of times it's just seeking for attention. It's a lot of seeking for attention. Because um, if you take the time to go look at interviews of those people, like, um, after their arrest, or some of the things they've said, it's like, you'll hear quotes like, no one would listen to me. They did this to me. This and this happened to me, but no one would listen. It's like that kid, I, in school growing up, we always had that weird kid in the classroom that would be to, him, to himself. To this day, I remember, and this, this was like around 2010 in high school, there was this one kid in our class, and I will, of course I won't say his name. He was the weird kid. Everybody knew him. Always being picked on, people would throw paper balls at him. It was one time. One of the kids that was picking on him, he used to love to draw. The kid took the notebook from him because um, he was picked on. He saw his name on a list. And the kid was like, yo, why you got my name on, on the list? It was a list of kids he was going to retaliate against. And that was before the match was popular. And I remember that day, I was like, I, me and myself, um, I was, I was kind of like, I was a class clown. Yeah. So... I didn't really take a serious. It's now I see all this thing being played out. I'm like, wow, like, wow. is it? So that's the Hear My Cry project. The, I mean, now the movement is basically before judging someone, take the time to get, take the time to know what they're going through. And that's why you see this hat that I wear. Um, the symbol of the movement. It's two ears that come together to make a heart. Because in order to know someone you must go into their heart in order to know what's in somebody's heart you must listen you must listen to yes because even though we don't know what's on, our words our speech patterns 
our speech patterns reveal a lot about us. It's just who take the time to listen. Um, so this movement is to encourage anti-bullying. It it's to encourage community. Listen to one another. Like, you don't have to be my best friend. Like, just, you know, like, one, to end off with this when it comes to this segment, to this area, one of the questions people always ask, like, when you see somebody, hey, how you doing? And then they just keep moving. Like, that question, it irritates me sometimes. Because a lot of people don't ask when, uh, for the answer. For the answer. For the it's just like, hey, mm -hmm. hey, hey, how you doing? And then you just, they don't stop to hear the, because everybody always just say, I'm fine, I'm good. I'm okay. Like, it's not true. None of us at any given time, one thing I've learned, if it's besides death, and they say taxes that we share in common, well, some people, they, they don't pay. So one thing we all face is problems. At any given time in this earth, we'll always have problems. So when somebody said they're okay, that it's just to like, you know what, man? Like, it's to keep it moving. So we have to do better as a people, as a community, as a nation, to take time to get to know each other or what's going on in each other's life. And I believe that will do tremendous when it comes to like ending the whole mass shootings and countless other problems that we have. And we're back, with that being said, Arnold, what is your final message? I want and when I was coming out, I, I spoke to you when I was coming out, I feel like God put this on my heart. Especially in the Haitian community. And I feel like this is for the, not only for the Haitian community, just anyone. We have lost what it means to dream, to have dreams and to have goals. And what I mean by that is, if you want to go to school, if you want to get your degree, if you want to make money, if you want to get married, if you want to, like things like that, things, personal things that you want to do, those are considered goals. Dreams are things that are outside of you, bigger than you. Dreams is something that's supposed to take you outside, like you don't know how you're going to accomplish it. It's okay to have goals. It's okay to want to graduate, get married, make money. Those are goals. Set those, are, set those as goals. But when you're dreaming, let it be something greater than you. Be the next person to do the next greatest thing. Be the next person to land on another planet, create the, the next biggest thing. A dream will never allow you to stop growing. A dream will continuously make you, you're in a continuous pursuit of this thing that is bigger than yourself. So I encourage everyone who's listening to have dreams. Know the difference between a dream and a goal and chase those dreams because those dreams is what you were created to do, is what you were created to be because that's why you're a human being because you're created to do those things, to be those things. Dreams and goals can become magnets and pull you through yeah. everything through your life circumstance. Uh, having a vision, an end goal, but just don't confuse the dream with the goal. You know, the goals are just um, stepping stones to achieving a bigger purpose, uh, stepping stones to growing your character, making you better, making you uh, learn and build and build your circle and everything that will get you to achieving the dream. And let this interview empower you to seek out 
people like her know his organization, organizations that help you grow, organizations that empower you to listen to yourself and others. And with that being said, I want to remind you of the unlimited power that you have in you to achieve whatever it is that you want. But first, you must believe it because you, before you can actually turn it to a reality. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Unlimited Power Show. Hernal, how can they find you on so on social media? You guys can find us at Mr. M R underscore. The underscore is very important. N O L D S, Mr. Nodes, and then you'll see it. Our our platform is set up very like personal, so don't get it confused to think like it's a personal page. It's actually an organizational page, but we're taking the lifestyle marketing part of business and integrating it into an organization because we realize that's what may really make an impact with people. So Mr. Nodes on Mr. Underscore Nodes on Instagram, Facebook and all uh, our Facebook page and also YouTube, Mr. Nodes on Mr. Underscore Nodes. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please be sure to follow us at the Unlimited Power Show. It's at Unlimited Power Show on Instagram, Facebook, and also follow me at CEO Ambitionist, where I post a lot more content. And you stay updated with the show and never miss an episode. Uh, and thank you so much for tuning in, powerful people. Remember, you have the unlimited power in you to achieve whatever it is that you want. But first, you must believe it before it can happen or else the world will forever miss your talents, your gifts, and all the great things that you have to offer. Thank you. Be sure to tune in to the Unlimited Power Show every Tuesdays at 4, Fridays at 5 p.m. And follow the Unlimited Power Show. The at name is in the description below. Hey, powerful people. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would like to borrow a few minutes to tell you about a very exciting project that I'm working on and really need your support. Not only have I started life coaching and health wellness coaching, I actually call it, and I invite you to get coached by me. I also launched a Patreon page. Now, Patreon is a way that you can support your favorite creators by becoming a patron. And by being a patron, you leave a monetary support. It could literally be the cost of a Frappuccino from Starbucks, $5 a month, $10 a month, $20 a month. And with that contribution, you get access to a lot more exclusive content. Now, some of the content that I offer is workout videos, interviews with holistic doctors and wellness and health coaches with uh, mindset gurus and all of these extra things that you are not now getting from my podcast alone or from my show alone, as well as qigong meditative video so if you're learning about the art of qigong through this podcast and you're wondering how do i actually get started patreon is actually a great page for you to get involved with that and if you'd like to get that started all you have to do is refer to the description of this podcast and you'll see the link click on it select one of the tiers and become a patron i really really would love your support i want to dedicate a lot of my time to produce you the best quality holistic health content and with your monetary support i can really do that and if that doesn't work out for you you can always leave a donation via anchor.fm and that's also in the description so thank you so much for tuning into this podcast and continue on listening on thank you so much